The summary of the Shabbos Hagadol Sicha in Lekutah Sichas, volume 17. The Rebbe brings down that the reason why the Shabbos before Pesach is called Shabbos Hagadol, that the Rebbe says in Shulchan Aruch that Shabbos before Pesach, we call it the Shabbos Hagadol, the big Shabbos, because a big miracle happened on that Shabbos. And that uh, Shabbos, that year, was the 10th of Nisan, and Hashem said, that on the 10th of the month, you should take, every man of the house should take for himself a lamb or a sheep, and take it to his household. On that day, that year, the tenth, of, the tenth of Nisan was Shabbos, and when you took, when the Jews took it, this was for their Pesach offering. And that year, since it was Shabbos, it was Shabbos. All the firstborn Egyptians mm-hmm. came to the Jews and asked them, "Lama Why are you doing this? They're taking this lamb. So they said, "It's to bring it as a Pesach offering to Hashem." Because Hashem is going to kill all the firstborn Egyptians. Well, so they went, the Egyptian firstborns went to their fathers and to Pharaoh to ask them to send the Jews out and they didn't want to. So this caused a civil war amongst the firstborn Egyptians and they started a war and they started killing and many of them killed each other. And this is what it says, that the Egyptians hit, the, that the, the striking of the Egyptians was in their firstborns and therefore we make this into a big uh, miracle, it's a, net, a miracle as a remembrance for all generations of, on this Shabbos, and we call it Shabbos Agadol, the big Shabbos. Ad Rebbe asked two questions. First of all, why do you have to call this a big net miracle? Even if it was a regular miracle, it would also be called Shabbos Agadol, if it would be Stam a miracle. Because, like we, because just the fact that there was a miracle on that Shabbos already makes it different than all the other Shabbos of the year. The second question is, why do we even call it a big miracle? Seemingly, it's, there's nothing noticeable about this miracle that it's even a big miracle. As a matter of fact, uh, the, 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 the outcome of this miracle was nothing at all. Because we find that even after they killed each other and many of the Egyptians died in this war, the Jews still stayed in Egypt in the exile of Egypt, and they had to come to the big mir- to the next miracle where the firstborn of Egyptians were killed, and that's what led them to be freed from Egypt. So what's the gain of this miracle at all, especially you're calling it a big miracle? Now, regarding the point that we make this remembrance for this miracle for generations is established not on the day of the month like we do for miracles of other holidays, like the leaving of Egypt and so on, that's based on the day of the month, not the day of the week. Why do we celebrate this on the day of the week, not on the day of the month that it happened on the 10th of Nisan? So for this, the never brings down that why do we not establish this on the 10th day of the month, on the month, whether it's Shabbos or not. So he says, because Miriam, Moshe's and Aaron's sister, she died on the 10th of Nisan, and it was established as a day of fasting when it's a during a weekday. So therefore, we didn't want to make that into a special festive date. So, but nevertheless, since everything in Torah points out the Rebbe is very precise, we have to say that it can't be just for a negative reason that why we don't do it on the 10th is because Miriam died. It has to also be that there's a positive reason why we don't make this Memorance Day on the 
10th of Nisan, but only on the Shabbos. And the fact that Hashem even told us, another proof, the fact that Hashem told us that you should take this lamb to your house, and that was Davka on the day of Shabbos, which even though Shabbos is many different issues that will be halakhically complicated even to bring it, because you would have to do an exchange or buy the animal, you would have to move a live animal from one property to another, you would have to examine the, the animal for any blemishes, which are all a contradiction to the serenity the, the, uh, and the calmness of Shabbos. And nevertheless, you would have to do this. And you can't say that it's the fact that it's because we didn't have Shabbos then, because we know that the, our forefathers kept Shabbos and surely so many Jews had done it also. And also we know from the Chazal that during the time of slavery, Moshe actually affected and successfully on Pharaoh that on Shabbos he shouldn't make the Jews work because it's a day of rest. So we see that there was a concept to shore of day of rest. And nevertheless, with all of this, Hashem says to take it. So there must be something connected to Shabbos specifically. To understand what's so special about Shabbos, he said he brings down the Tzemach Tzedek's explanation on the verse, Mizmar Shir Liyom HaShabbos, based on the Medrash that says that when we say Liyom HaShabbos, it was the day of Shabbos, it's the day when there will be no more dangerous animals or the, the things that damage and make danger on in the world that won't happen. It'll be a day of rest of Shabbos, like we see in the verse that says that the wolf lie with the, will lie with the lamb. So in other words, when Mashiach comes, there won't be this concept of mazikim, of danger. And the Tzermat that brings down that this can be done in two ways. Either the danger animals, the dangerous, uh, dangerous at all, mazikin from in the world, could be completely eradicated from the world, or it could be there in existence, but they won't be dangerous anymore. They won't do damages anymore. Meaning that's really a higher level that they're still here, but they don't do any damages. And we actually already had this once, not just that this is going to be Mashiach comes. We had this idea of things being uh, in the world, but not, they weren't dangerous. We had this on the first Shabbos of the year, as the, the sages teach us that Friday morning it stayed light for 36 hours straight into Shabbos. The whole Shabbos was a thing of light, Laila Kayyam Yar, and therefore even darkness turned into light and there was nothing to worry about. So we already had this concept that's going to be when Mashiach comes to. That means that transforming of darkness, which is the whole entity of what Shabbos is about is the key point of the accomplishment of what Shabbos is about. That's why the Chazal say, it says, the Razal say that what was the world missing after the six days of creation? It was missing Menucha. It was missing comfort, relaxness, tranquility. Shabbos came, Menucha came. What does it mean that, that Shabbos and Menucha came? Since Shabbos is an idea of time, that means that the concept of time came into this world. That means the whole concept of Every day of the week is a, is an entity of time. So Shabbos also has an entity of time. So when Shabbos came around, Menucha came around too. It wasn't a separate thing that Shabbos came around, Menucha came around. Time came around and Menucha came separately. It happened all once simultaneously that they both came into place at the same time. So in other words, the concept of Shabbos, really the seventh day of the week, is a concept of time, meaning there's a past, present, and future. But even there, it was transformed to a higher level that now Shabbos had idea of Menucha. We also have this idea in Halacha, whether you could separate moments of time, let's say of a Shabbos, as it, do you say it's every moment of Shabbos is a separate time, or do you say that it's all 124 hours is one thing of Shabbos? Like you could ask the Halacha for a katan, a minor who became an adult in the middle of Shabbos, meaning let's say he was born 10 o'clock in the morning, so the 10 o'clock of his 13th birthday, or for a girl at 10 o'clock 
o'clock over their bas mitzvah, does that mean that that's the time of their birthday where they're now obligated to keep Shabbos? Or is it really from the beginning of the Shabbos? You could say the same thing about the middle of Yom Kippur. The Ragat Shavar brings down that biblically speaking, Minat Torah, regarding Shabbos, the concept, the obligations of Shabbos are there the entire Shabbos. Because every moment of Shabbos is a moment of its own, it's its own entity. Therefore, if you're born and you bar mitzvahs on Shabbos, already every moment of Shabbos is important. So once you turn 13, then you have to keep it. Regarding Yom Kippur, he says it's different because Yom Kippur is one entity. It's Achaz Bashana. It's one concept of, of, of Yom Kippur. Therefore, it's a one twenty-four hour thing, 26 hour thing, but it's one Yom Kippur thing. Therefore, you can't say it, but you're different for Yom Kippur. It, once you're exempt, you're exempt for the whole thing. It's not pieces. Same thing we have a, a, the question on the, by the Catholic of the Omer. The point is that we have that things in time are a progression of things. Leaving Egypt was a progression and a, and a process. We had differences between the time before midnight, we had the, at midnight, after midnight, the 15th day of Nisan, like it says, the, the Talmud says that we were redeemed on the evening, but we actually left by day and we left in, in a hurry. Every single generation, we have to work on ourselves. We're obligated to see ourselves as if we left Egypt that day in a way that you're supposed to think about it, that if I wasn't redeemed, I would still be a slave. So basically all this teaches us why it's called the Nes Gadol because this is the epitome of time where while the Klippa, the impurities, the strength of Egypt was at its strongest, the superpower of the world and the, the impurity was so strong and Pharaoh wasn't willing to give up to let us go and even then the Egyptians made a war between each other and they killed each other and nevertheless even at that moment Pharaoh says I'm still not going to let them go that shows that this was such a strong period it didn't break yet the Klippa of Pari did not break so the fact that at that moment there was able to happen a war between each other and they should go and kill themselves without even us doing anything to them that alone shows why it's a big miracle and we don't find a similarity to this miracle at any other other kinds of miracles. And therefore, Hashem tells us specifically that this should be done on Shabbos. Because as the Alter Rebbe says, that it was about, the, he chooses this reason why it's called Shabbos Agadah, because the Egyptians killed each other. Meaning that it's the, this Shabbos is called Shabbos Agadah, it's the big Shabbos. Big Shabbos meaning it's the Shabbos that nullifies or transforms, not nullifies the Mazikim, but it actually transforms them into being there, but not being harmful. And this is also why the Alter Rebbe chooses to, to write the extra words, which seemingly is not necessary to write it in the Shulchan Aruch, that that day was Shabbos, and the fifth day of the week is when we went out of, uh, out of Mitzrayim. And he makes the calculation, therefore the tenth day we went out. Why is that? To show you that going out of Egypt, bringing the Lamb was all for one reason, to get to the idea of transforming the worst klipa into something helpful. And therefore we learn from this that is the greatest accomplishment. Turning over, transforming darkness into light is the greatest accomplishment. And we do this as the Arizal brings down that when you, it says if you remember it properly, you celebrate it properly, automatically it will have an effect and the celebration will be proper, properly. Through How does this happen? Through this that a Jew through his work takes the animal, and he brings it to him and he goes away from from any kind of temptations that of the Yetzahara and meaning he has and he brings it to him in a way where he attaches to mitzvahs and he does it in a way that it affects to his 
surroundings, his household, as it says to bring the lamb into your house, meaning to have an effect on your house. And that will surely be a success to have an effect everybody else around you and not just for, for, for the people right around you, but even the non-Jews, the nations of the world will also be there to help with a great strength to help the Jews for the benefit of the Jewish people. And we will see this also. This will lead us to our end of We're going to see the great miracles, us, our children and grand, and grandparents and sons and daughters in a way with the ultimate complete gu'ula.